So in the last few episodes, I've been talking about political rancor and disagreeing respectfully and those kind of things. In this episode, I want to turn our attention to a historical perspective because it's somewhat comforting to know that it's always been like this. You'll see what I mean in a moment. Just stay tuned. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. Okay, so I'm going to look at uh, two articles. One is from Merriam-Webster's Dictionary about political insults, and the other one comes from an article in the Columbus Dispatch entitled Political Insults You Didn't Learn About in History Class. So this first article was written about four years ago. Remember, during the Republican convention or the Republican primary, there was a, a lot of interesting names were generated, Little Marco and others. So this article goes over a number of historical names for presidents. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, talk about the, the insult or the pejorative names being called and then give you a moment to guess and then I'll tell you who it is. So which president was the, quote, filthy storyteller, despot, liar, thief, braggart, buffoon, usurper, monster, ignoramus, old scoundrel, perjurer, robber, swindler, tyrant, field butcher, land pirate. It was called all those things. Any guess? Abraham Lincoln in the election of 1864. Okay. Um, his uh, uh, opponent, General McClellan, uh, also called him Ignoramus Abe and a well-meaning baboon. Okay, so apparently insults are nothing new. Um, and, you know, the upside of all this is that we're looking at how rancorous our, our society is right now. And it is, uh, but it's always been that way. Now, the difference, I think, now is that the people are divided. It's not just that the insults are at the uh, presidents. But here we're going to be looking at how presidents or presidential candidates and their surrogates talked about each other. So... Blank's mother was a common prostitute brought to this country by British soldiers. She afterward married a mulatto man with whom she had several children, of which number is blank. Now, this was by Charles Hammond, editor of the Cincinnati Gazette. Any idea who's it about? It's about Andrew Jackson. So they're talking smack about his mother uh, being a prostitute. Now, whether that was or was not, um, didn't really matter at the time. Jackson's parents were Scotch-Irish immigrants, uh, and Hammond was a supporter of John Quincy Adams. Okay, the next one. Um, his argument is as thin as homeopathic soup that was made by boiling the shadow of a pigeon that had been starved to death. Who said that, and who is it about? Well, Abraham Lincoln said that about his opponent, Stephen Douglas, in 1858. His argument is as thin as homeopathic soup that was made by boiling the shadow of a pigeon that had been starved to death. Okay, next. Uh, never ask me to support a twaddler and a trimmer for office. A twaddler and a trimmer. A twaddler apparently talks nonsense, and I'm not sure what a trimmer is. This was about who? It was about... Ulysses S. Grant, and it was by Pennsylvania Congressman Thaddeus Stevens. 
He also, uh, Wendell Will, uh, Phillips also said about Grant that Grant is as brainless as his saddle. Well, he won the Civil War without any brains, so that was pretty good. Okay, um, the next one. Here's the quote, and who's it about? The minions of power are watching you to be turned out by the pimp of the White House if you refuse to sustain him. A man sunk so low that we can hardly hate. We have nothing but disgust, pity, and contempt. So that was about Franklin Pierce, and it was by North Carolina Congressman Kenneth Rayner. Now, you probably have never heard of Kenneth Rayner, and you probably don't even remember anything about Franklin Pierce. Like, you think, you remember, like, Washington, Lincoln, maybe uh, FDR, Teddy Roosevelt, something like that. But, like, our memories about Franklin Pierce are pretty thin. In 1854, uh, Pierce approved the Kansas-Nebraska Act, and that reignited uh, the slavery debate in a whole new way. Um, but, yeah, the pimp of the White House. How do you like that? Okay, next one. This person is a, quote, blind, bald, crippled, toothless man who is a hideous hermaphrodite character with neither the force and fitness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. Who said that and who was it about? Well, he was targeting President John Adams in 1800 and who said it was Thomas Jefferson. So <laughs> I, these political insults go way back. Um, at the same time, Thomas Jefferson... Um, Hamilton talked about Thomas Jefferson and uh, remarked on how he has a womanish attachment toward France. <laughs> so uh, it, it goes around and comes around. Okay, the next one, I have to give away the name because just how it's written. But this was the quote. It was Rudy Giuliani. There's only three things he mentions in a sentence. A noun, a verb, and 9-11. Who said it? Then-Senator Joe Biden the one calling for unity right now. Okay, so <laughs> Senator uh, Biden was criticizing Giuliani uh, and calling him the most unqualified candidate since George W. Bush. And uh, Giuliani has since not been easy on President Biden. And there's a reason what goes around comes around an undeserved curse does not come to rest. Okay, so uh, after that, I want to go into another, so that was the Cincinnati uh, Dispatch one. Here's the one from um, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. It's nine insults that made presidential campaigns seem civilized. And uh, a couple of them were in the same one with the Cincinnati Post, so I'm only going to do like six or seven because we covered some. Who was the, quote, bastard brat of a Scotch peddler? Any ideas? It wasn't the president. It was Alexander Hamilton, and that was John Adams' insult for Alexander Hamilton. He was the bastard brat of a Scotch peddler. Now, his he, he was conceived out of wedlock um, in 1755, and um, that's just apparently a high dismissal to call him that. Okay, who was a drunken trouser maker? Any ideas? Drunken trouser maker. That would be a name for Ulysses S. Grant, the drunken trouser maker. Before Civil War, he'd gotten out of the army for a while and was working in uh, manufacturing clothes. Okay, the Detroit Free Press in late 1868 published some comments calling him, among other things, Grant is a drunkard, Grant is a man of vile habits and no ideas. I'm going to Europe to get out of advocating for this bungler. <laughs> I guess that's like going to Canada now. Um, never asked me to support a twaddler and a trimmer for office. 
the nation owes to its self-respect to tolerate imbecility in politics no longer. And finally, Grant is as brainless as his saddle, as we talked about before. So this one was one of those that was covered earlier, but it added extra to it. Okay, who was pot-bellied, mutton-headed, cucumber-sold? I don't even know. I, I mean, I understand pot-bellied. I understand mutton-head. You're not smart. But cucumber-sold, I have no idea. Okay, so this was... Uh, Lewis Cass, it was talking about Lewis Cass, who ran unsuccessfully as a Democrat candidate in 1848. He lost to Zachary Taylor. And this was Horace Greeley, who was the editor of the New York Tribune, his comments about uh, Lewis Cass. Uh, apparently, he didn't like him that much. We already discussed the pimp of the White House. Um, let's go on to the next one. Okay, so here's the description. A horrid-looking wretch he is, sooty and scoundrelly in aspect, a cross between a nutmeg dealer, the horse swapper, and the nightman. Okay, so a nutmeg dealer, I'm not exactly sure what the insult is there, but apparently there's something about, like, fake nutmeg, like you're mixing sawdust in with it. A horse swapper, I think that's like a horse trader, I think. Uh, but the nightman, I had to look this up. A nightman is one who comes to uh, clean out your outhouse in, at night, apparently. So, and who's that talking about? Well, it was published in, I'll give you some hints. It was published in the Charleston Mercury on June 7th, 1860. So from that, can you figure it out? It's Abraham Lincoln. He's a horse swapper, which is a horse trader, a nutmeg dealer, and a nightman, which are some pretty high insults. By the way, um, Abe was also called all kinds of things, and I, I listed some of them before. Um, so a filthy storyteller, ignoramus Abe, a despot, old scoundrel, big secessionist, perjurer, liar, robber, thief, swindler, braggart, tyrant, buffoon, Fiend, usurper, butcher, monster, land pirate, long, lean, lank, lantern-jawed, high-cheekboned, spaviand. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Spavian, S-P-A-V-I-N-E-D, rail-splitting stallion. I don't know, understand why rail-splitting stallion is bad either. But there's a whole list of these. Uh, I saw this also. I read um, uh, Lincoln by Sandberg. It's a four-volume like, series on Lincoln. And the, the names that he was called would curl your hair. And that's just some of them. Okay, we already talked about General Jackson's mother being called a prostitute. His wife was also attacked as well. When Jackson married his wife, Rachel, she technically had not been fully divorced from her previous husband. And so they made it a lot about her being an adulteress because of that, even though she had been separated for a while. Okay, this one, I don't know that you're going to get. Here's the quote, the wet Romish East Side Tammany Hall candidate. Okay, so if you're familiar with politics, Tammany Hall is in New York, and so that should give you some context. But the wet, Romish, East Side Tammany Hall candidate was talking about Alfred E. Smith. Alfred E. Smith was the governor of New York for a number of terms. I think he served four terms. Um, in 1928, he was the first Catholic to seek the presidency. The first Catholic to actually get the presidency was John F. Kennedy. Uh, he was the only other really significantly prominent uh, Catholic uh, uh, pursuing the presidency. Uh, but yeah, that's where you get the Romish part because, you know, that's attachment to the Pope. Somebody in the Baltimore Sun, Thomas 
Heflin, a senator from Alabama, wrote, if Alfred E. Smith, and this was in uh, April of 1828, if Alfred E. Smith, the wet Romish East Side Tammany Hall candidate, is nominated, it will be account of, on account of Roman influence. In Houston, I will use all my influence, all my power of speech to prevent his nomination. But if he succeeds, it will mean that the Pope's agent is in the White House, and such a man cannot be a good American. Okay, that sounds terribly ominous, but that's that's what they were saying at the time. Okay, who was called a moral leper? A moral leper. Grover Cleveland, of course, right? I mean, you know all about Grover Cleveland. No, we, we, we know almost nothing about Grover Cleveland. Okay, he was called a moral leper, and this was the most memorable dig, and it's because he had apparently, or he was accused of having fathered an illegitimate child years earlier. So his opponents picked up the chance I'm not making this up, quote, Ma, Ma, where's my pa? And so this was to defame his character. Uh, so Ben Sender gave a speech in 1896, to which he referred to the president as a besotted tyrant and the corrupt tool of Wall Street, which sounds almost like now corrupt tool of Wall Street. Okay, uh, so that that's what's going on. And I'm not going to go to the last one. The last one was uh, hermaphroditical. This was the one about John Adams by Thomas Jefferson. So why did I go through all that? Well, it, we've been doing this for years. Part of the difference is the population is now at each other. Like, so Trump supporters are at, um, you know, progressives and progressives are at Trump supporters. And so it's a, it's a, it feels very different than if it's just up at a higher level where uh, Trump and Biden are arguing or Hillary and Trump or, or whatever. I've been making the case in the last few episodes, this is not going to play well. It's not going to get you where you want to go by calling names. So don't do that. Now, as I was going through this, <laughs> I was looking through uh, for quotations for contemplation. And I stumbled over a couple that were really interesting. I'm actually doing two today. So the first one is by Nicole. Machiavelli. Now, I don't normally quote Machiavelli because I really don't like the guy. Here's the quote, though. I hold it to be a proof of great prudence for men to abstain from threats and insulting words toward anyone, for neither diminishes the strength of the enemy. Wow, I'm actually on Machiavelli's side here. Stop doing that because it doesn't help. And here's the second quote. It's from George Washington. He says, speak not injurious words, neither ingest nor in earnest. Scoff at none, although they give occasion. Hey man, that's good advice. I mean, just just don't make fun of other people. Don't inflame. Don't create more problems than you need to. Well, I hope our little historical lesson has helped you understand that we've kind of always been like this, but even so, that doesn't mean that you need to be part of that. So please, if you're hearing these words, just be, uh, be someone who brings peace rather than rancor. And hey, I hope this lesson helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. Thanks for your time. Thank you.